Hey everyone, before we get into the stories, I want to give a warning for story number one. It mentions some pretty heavy child abuse and animal abuse throughout the story. I just wanted to mention that before we get into it. Also, story number three mentions some brief sexual harassment. Again, just wanted to let you all know. As I always say, you can send any story you have to southerncannibal.com. And before we get into the stories, I hope you all enjoy this one, and I hope you all have a really great weekend. All that being said, let's begin. And remember, to always, stay hungry. I'm a lady, and I live in Connecticut. I was about 22 years old at the time. I had a friend who worked for a chiropractor, which I ended up being a patient of. They had a child who was 10 years old at the time, another child who was almost one and still didn't talk and couldn't walk, and I was given the task to help him strengthen his core muscles and feed him in the AM. And then when his older brother got out of school, I had to keep him occupied as well. There was no TV allowed. I would take him to karate or shopping, whatever was needed, riding scooters, go for a run, play catch, etc. These people had money coming out of their ass. These people were very rich, but so stingy that they would never even put on the AC. So we'd be dying in the house in July when it's like 90 degrees. The kind of people who would put a bucket of ice behind a fan instead of using the central air, even though they're very rich. They had two dogs, a German Shepherd who was one year old, that I saw the children's father punch a lot, which really broke my heart. He did this anytime he did anything wrong, so I stopped saying if the dog jumped on me or whatever, as I didn't want to be held responsible for the poor thing's abuse. They also had a Yorkie that was three, and I saw him punt the dog right off the deck, which was almost a second floor. Poor thing escaped through the fence whenever it could. Whenever they would find him, they would end up hitting him upon return and then cage him in the hot garage. I may also mention that his wife never wore anything but pants because I think he was immensely abusive and used to punch her in the legs. And so she wore long pants so no one would know. His older son, who was 10, was also a sociopath and a monster, but he could never do any wrong in his dad's eyes. Except, this dad used to knuckle-punch this kid in the ribs anytime he did anything wrong. Didn't want to leave a handprint. The amount of hitting I saw as a babysitter was offset by the amount of threats that he gave me. That if I ever spoke a word of anything he did, he would end me. That he was friends with the police. And that if I ever spoke a word, he would destroy my life. No joke there. There are plenty of stories I can give. But the stay in question was the worst. The dog they had, the German Shepherd, that was a year old, had not been trained. He was typically just a guard dog that no love was ever given to him. He was supposed to be like a wolf who would kill anybody who invaded the backyard. He had a pen in the back all alone. And Lucian, who was 10, was honestly a complete sociopath and completely unempathetic. He was the one who was tasked with putting the dog in his cage so that he could swim in their giant saltwater pool. And the baby had his floaty, and we did whatever he wanted to do. 
and I would just make sure nobody would drown. On that July day, that fateful summer we went swimming, and he was supposed to put the dog away, and he didn't. We all got out of the water, me and Lucian, as well as the little baby on my hip. He was just a year old and underdeveloped and really vulnerable. As soon as I got into the pool, the German Shepherd ran right up to me and proceeded to try and bite the baby's foot off and latched onto my arm full grip. I actually had to punch that poor dog four times to get him off of me. Now, I want to add that I was a vet tech. I've loved dogs and cats all my life, but because of what these people did to this poor innocent animal, he was just a weapon. I finally got the dog off my arm and I was hyperventilating. As I had actually had my nose almost ripped completely off when I was four years old by a golden retriever. This kid Lucian had absolutely no remorse. He knew that the dog would attack the baby and this is why he had to be caged when we were outside. Lucian was a sick little bastard. I was crying so hard and I told him to go to his room. Though I really wished I could have done more but I'm sure that his father beat the hell out of him. I called his father, and instead of understanding that his son didn't do what I asked him to do, as I was not supposed to put the dog away because it would bite me, he told me I didn't do my job well enough. In the end, that stupid little brat who's a sociopath, no doubt in my mind, got me fired because of that. And he turned too quick on his scooter and knocked out a loose baby tooth. And so that's my fault? May I mention that there's also cameras everywhere. I was right there watching two children doing everything I was supposed to. This was one of the worst times of my life. And honestly, I was really so relieved to be fired. Because I never wanted to see those horrible people again. I was sweet and kind. And I would read Harry Potter to the little baby every morning. And helped him move around and helped him do his weird little push-ups. And he actually started to walk. But that older kid, he was just horrible. There was also cameras everywhere, and I mean everywhere hidden in the house. I honestly don't doubt that they were even in the bathroom, which to this day scares me. I don't doubt that that child will become a serial killer. I have never met a more despicable weird person in my life, father and son. I have horrible PTSD. Not just from that and seeing all the violent things, but this was the topping on the cake. This was almost nine years ago, and it's still fresh in my mind. So please ask yourself before you take a babysitting job to know what kind of monster you'll be working for, or what little demon you'll be watching. I'm a female, and this happened when I was 18. I had just graduated from high school in August, and my neighbor asked if I would mind babysitting for her because her daycare lady was going on vacation, and since I had babysat for her before and the kids not really getting along, I said sure. I was always looking for some extra money, so why not, you know? Plus, this was right before I was going to be going to college, and since most of my friends had already left for college, I didn't really have anything planned for the rest of summer. She had three kids. We'll call them Kayla, Bobby, and Jack. Kayla was 12, Bobby was 10, and Jack was 2. 
I had just put Jack down for his nap, and we decided to stay upstairs and play Barbies, just in case Jack woke up and needed us. We had went upstairs for about eight hours at this point, when Kayla said, I think my mom's home. I just heard the front door. Are you sure? Maybe it's your aunt, I said. Their aunt was staying with them at the time due to going through a custody battle with her ex, and she couldn't watch them because she was going to be in court while she was there. So we headed downstairs to see who was there. We looked all over, but we didn't see anyone. So we decided to go back upstairs and just continue what we were doing. We had left the main door to the house unlocked because her aunt was out, like I said, and she didn't have a key. Well, as we're heading back upstairs, I looked at the bathroom door, and it was closed. Now, I had previously left it open because their rule in the house is that when no one's in the bathroom, always leave the door open. So we went back upstairs, and I realized that the bathroom door is closed. I began to ask Kayla and Bobby if they had closed the bathroom door, but they both said no. Okay, now I'm getting really unsettling vibes at this point. I began to feel and think that somebody was in the house. Kayla came running up the stairs like someone was chasing her, and when she got into the room, I saw that her face was pale, like she had just seen a ghost. I asked what's wrong, and she said that she saw two strangers in the house. I got my phone and immediately dialed 911. As I was on the phone with the 911 operator, we could faintly hear them walking upstairs. I told the 911 operator that we could faintly hear them talking in the hall, just outside of the room we were in. She asked me if the room had a lock on the door, and I said yes, and she said to lock the door immediately and to stay quiet, that the police are on their way. We then heard the people walk down the stairs, but we didn't know if they were just downstairs ransacking the place or something, or if they'd actually left. About two minutes later, there's a knock on the door. We heard who I can only guess were the intruders, then shout out loud. Run! It's the police! We gotta get the fuck out of here! We ran downstairs, opened the door, and the police were indeed there. They told us to go outside and go down the sidewalk while they searched the house. They came out about ten minutes later. They said they didn't find anybody in the house, and there was never anyone in the bathroom. So, we still don't really know what happened with that, but the intruders that were there most likely got away. I'm guessing they escaped through the backyard or something. We ended up locking up the house, and since I did live just next door, the police told us to go next door to my parents' house, and to just stay there until their mom got home from work, just in case the intruders may return again, and with more help. Nothing else really ended up happening. The intruders were unfortunately never caught, but they also never returned. I'm really grateful none of us got hurt or worse. But still, as an 18-year-old fresh out of high school, this was one of the scariest experiences of my life. Remember folks, always, and I mean always, lock your damn doors. You never know who's going to come inside, ready to fuck everything up. Let me preface this by saying that I'm the second oldest of five children, and neither of my parents are very good at managing their finances. 
My mother, for instance, one paid her cable bill before a light bill because, and I quote, I don't want to miss my shows. So, as you can tell, they don't make the greatest decisions when it comes to money. This story, however, is about the bad financial decision my father made. It happened in the mid-2000s, so I was around 14 or 15 years old. My dad and stepmom would constantly spend more money than they made, and by a large margin at that, and my stepmother had an affinity for the finer things in life. By this, I mean she would constantly go to the farmer's markets, which is not inherently a bad thing, but she would constantly overspend for things we didn't need. On this particular instance, she insisted to buy several jars of overpriced preserves. My dad, not being someone that would say no to her whims, agreed and gave a check for the jars. I don't know the exact amount, as I didn't often join them on these trips. I do know then it was only about 30 or $40 though. Honestly, I don't even remember what was in the jars. Again, I was a teenager, and I didn't really pay much attention to these stupid things the two of them got up to back then. Fast forward a few days, and lo and behold, the check that my dad wrote, surprise surprise, bounced. Very shocking, I know. As most of you know, this isn't typically a big deal, especially for something as simple as $30 or $40 worth of preserves. But as it would turn out, it was a huge deal for the guy that ran the booth where they bought the preserves at. Keep in mind, I'm in no way condoning the writing of a bad check, especially when you know damn well you don't have the money to cover said check. But what this guy put us through for the next several weeks makes what my parents did pale in comparison. After the guy found out the check bounced is when all the craziness began to happen. It all started with him calling the landline. Those were still a thing back then, and he called hundreds of times a day demanding his money. It was so bad that we could rarely get a call out because he was calling that much. And this was well before the time when cell phones were as mainstream as they are now. So as a teenager, the landline was my lifeline to all my friends. Keep in mind, we were also pretty poor, and our home phone didn't have caller ID, so we couldn't even tell if it was this douchebag calling or not. The call started off innocent enough, with the guy just demanding his money. But eventually, when my dad refused to pay the dude anything, he became nasty, threatening anyone and everyone who answered the phone. On one of the times the dude called, my youngest brother, who for privacy reasons will call Kyle, answered the phone. Kyle was eight years younger than me, so he would have only been six or seven at the time. This dude proceeded to berate my little brother and even threatened to kidnap and keep him until my father paid the man what he was owed. Now, I've always felt a responsibility to protect all of my siblings, so when Kyle came up to me with tears in his eyes, saying that the man told him he was going to come and take him away until our dad paid the $40. I was furious. No one threatens my family. Flash forward a few more weeks, and I was getting irate, especially since my dad was just content letting this guy call us all hours of the day and night. And believe me, he did. I'm not even sure when this dude slept. He would start the barrage of calls at around 4 or 5 in the morning, and most days would continue them until 1 or 2 in the morning. This was putting the entire house on edge. 
The only reprieve we got from this psycho was when we were in school or visiting my mother for her weekend. And as soon as we were back in the house, the reality of this crazy dude just came back. And like I said, my dad and stepmom literally did nothing about it. They even had the nerve to just tell us to hang up anytime we answered one of his calls. Like that was really going to deter this psychopath. After months of barely getting any sleep, except for the time I spent at my mother's, I was completely done with this situation. And this is when I made the mistake that I put my little brothers in danger. I answered one of this dude's calls, and he was being particularly nasty, threatening to come to the house and do unspeakable things to me and my brothers, even threatening to force himself on my older sister. I found out later that he'd made this threat to her several times when she had answered his calls. And well, like I said, I was completely done with this crazy dude. I called what I thought was his bluff, and I told him to go ahead and come on over, and that I would shove my baseball bat right down his throat. I know, I really cringe at those words to this day. It's also important to note that on this particular day, I was babysitting my little brothers as my dad and stepmom were out at a bar or something. So, this was definitely not the smartest decision on my part, but I was just done dealing with this creep. After my threat, I slammed the phone down on the receiver. An hour passed with no calls. I thought that my tough guy act had worked, and I had finally scared the guy off. I even silently patted myself on the back for this, even wondering why I hadn't done that weeks ago. Keep in mind, I'm not what you would call an intimidating guy now, let alone I was 15. I was 5'7 and maybe 120 pounds soaking wet, but in that moment, I felt like I was 10 feet tall. About an hour or two passed with no calls, and I was ready to brag to my dad that I scared the guy off when he got home. But boy, was I wrong. My brothers and I were playing some game on the PlayStation in the basement, and the whole mood in the house had changed since the guy had stopped calling. That is, until he made good on his promise and he showed up to the house. I was busy cleaning up after dinner when I then heard a car door slam out front. Which was strange because when my parents went out to the bar, they typically didn't come home until about 2 or 3 in the morning when the bar closed. My heart instantly began to beat out of my chest. Now, our front door had one of those oval windows at the top, and you had a clear view of the door from the kitchen. And as I peered through the unlit living room, I then made eye contact with a balding Middle Eastern man in his late 40s. I could only see the top of his face, as he wasn't a particularly tall man, but the hatred in his eyes made my blood run cold. He tried opening the door, but being the paranoid person I am, I had thankfully locked the door, and this really infuriated the man. He began to pound on the door, saying things in a language that I couldn't understand. I stood there dumbstruck, frozen in fear, as this crazy man pounded on the door. One of my brothers heard the commotion and called out to me from downstairs, snapping me out of my stupor. I sprinted into the stairs, stopping my brother from coming up on. On instinct, I didn't want to let the man know how many of us were in the house. Now, the house we were living in had a basement, but it also had a sub-basement, and I flew down the stairs, gathered up my brothers, and somehow remembered to grab the phone in the process. I ushered the three of them into the sub-basement, 
and tasked the oldest of the three, James, with calling 911. I told him to tell the dispatch that there was a crazy man attempting to break into the house. By this point, they were all staring at me with panic in their eyes. I left them down there, determined to put myself between them and this crazy-ass man at the door. Shutting the door to the sub-basement, I scooped up my baseball bat, and I had suddenly realized that the banging at the front door had stopped. I crept quietly up the stairs, the bag room tightly in my trembling hands. When I made it to the front door, the man was no longer there, but his old beat-up Honda Civic was still parked out front. I suddenly got a sinking feeling that I had forgotten to lock the back door when I let out our dog Philip out in the backyard. It's important to note that our dog was the most friendly dog in the world, and I don't think I even heard him bark. I slowly made my way to the back door, my heart nearly beating out of my chest. The back door to the house was in the garage, and the door was still closed, which let me breathe a little easier. But as I got closer, I then heard a furious snarl, and the man now wincing in pain. I flung the door open, ready to bring down the bat on this dude's head. Instead, however, I found him cowering in the corner of the garage, as our typically meek lab had bared his teeth at the man. Philip didn't take very kind to the fact that this very strange angry man was attempting to get at his family. Say what you will about dogs, but Philip was my hero, and he was treated as such until the day he passed away. Philip held the man there until the cops showed up, when the man was promptly arrested, and Philip went right back to his happy-go-lucky self. Moral of the story, don't write bad checks and especially don't threaten crazy old men determined to get their $40 from you. It's really not worth it.